Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Good morning. What a handsome, beautiful lot you are. You notice God is talking to us? You hear him this morning? He's speaking to us this morning. Even in the chapel, I just sense that God is on this Thanksgiving Sunday speaking to his bride, to his church, that he loves so dearly. If you're watching online this morning, we welcome you. We know that you're doing physical distancing a little bit more than some of us in this room, but we're doing it here as well. We're so glad to have you join us today. Yeah, the title of my message is Flattening the Curve, and this curve is an impossible situation, especially when there's things called turkeys. I had turkey yesterday. I'm going to have turkey again today. I'm going to have a new turkey tomorrow. It's turkey, turkey, turkey for the next week or so. Thank God for the turkey's life. Flattening the curve. I want to give a little disclaimer because when I talk about some of the things that we struggle with as human beings, I'm mostly this morning talking about the external world around us. I know that sometimes there are actual health issues with anxiety, and there's a chemical imbalance that can happen in our bodies that need attention. And if that's you, you should see your doctor. But I'm talking about the world around us this morning. We live in unprecedented times. It is a time of great upheaval in the world, in economies, in relationships, in government, in business, and many other areas of planet life. Fear, anxiety, stress, mental health are on the rise around the world, we are told. Earthquakes, hurricanes, storms, floods, fires, and calamity seem to be the fodder on a global scale today. It's not that it's new, it's just that the increase in the number of it and the intensity of it is grabbing our attention death and mayhem, violence in pursuit of peace and equality, which makes very little sense, seems to be a way that the world is trying to reestablish itself and to bring some sense of, of life out of what's going on in our world. But talking about the curve that needs to be flattened, maybe the fear, anxiety, and stress that COVID brought is becoming a greater threat than the COVID curve. It seems to me that even watching the nightly news is becoming an unhealthy activity. <laughs> My wife, she likes the news in the morning. I like it in the night. And uh, in the morning, I don't want to hear the TV. I just want to get in my chair, get her a coffee, close the bedroom door so I don't hear anything from the TV. And I sit in my chair. And it's my favorite place in the whole world. 
We're reminded this morning by Solomon that nothing is new under the sun. Our world has known many crises. It's not, will there be a crisis? It's more, what will it be and when? And Paul, in writing to the Romans, said, For we know that the whole of creation has been groaning and creaking as in the pains of childbirth birth right up to this time. It's almost like a birthing thing is taking place and it's the pressure that comes upon a cervix just before that it opens up and the child is born into the world. And so we need to think of it in these terms. The glory of God is literally pressing in upon our world and as it does, we can expect these things. The Bible says that in these days there will come a time that you will expect these things. They are just the signs. They're the predictors of what is about to take place. And I want to submit to you this morning that the glory of God is pressing in upon our world. The glory of God is causing the groaning to increase and the creaking is taking place because something greater and something better is coming. The old order is passing away and the glory of God is coming. And the saints of old saw this and they thought it was even going to be in their day because of all of the crises that were going on in the world. I want to tell you this morning that your father God, he's at work. He is at work. The darkness of hell shall not prevail against his plan and his church, and his bride. Expect these things. Paul called it the glory that is to be revealed, an anxious longing that even the creation itself is anxiously waiting and longing for the revelation of God's ultimate plan. And he says, the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. How should that impact us this morning? We can see the darkness, but I want to see the light. The darkness was there. And you know, God's answer to the night is not to curse it. God's answer to the night is to rise the sun again and let it come up over the horizon. And the darkness begins to dissipate. And the darkness can't enfold it. It can't comprehend it. It has to yield to it and run from it. And the glory of God is coming upon our world. Even we ourselves, Paul says, are experiencing this within ourselves, waiting for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. His return will even bring the dead to life. It says that when he comes, the dead that are in the grave for thousands of years will come forth first and those who are alive will be caught up with him. It is the weight of glory coming upon the old order and the old systems. It is suffering, Paul says, that is not worthy of comparison to the glory that's to be revealed. You feel that this morning? You feel that groaning within yourself? On the one hand, we want to bring things back to where they were and repeat what we had, but that's idolatry. To try to experience what God did in the past is idolatry. No, we're moving forward, folks. 
We're going forward. We have a destiny not for wrath, but for the glory of God. And we need to lean into that. Yeah, I feel that groaning. I feel that creaking within me. In the midst of all of this, how do we flatten the curve of fear, anxiety, stress, and mental health that are very real? How do we live as citizens of heaven in a strange land? How do we bring the kingdom of heaven into Babylon? How do we do the work of God in Babylon? This has always been the question of the people of God. Not retreating, not fainting. Jesus prayed, Father, I ask that you not take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one or the evil that is in the world. Take courage, he said. I have overcome the world. So let's ask Paul. I love Paul. What a great brother Paul is. He's sitting with the 12 around the throne. There's 24 of them. There's 12 that represents the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's the 12 apostles. And they sit around the throne. And Paul, I believe these very words he would say to us if he could stand where I'm standing today. This is what he would say to us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 to 23. If you have your Bibles, if you're at home, you for sure have your Bible because you didn't come to church and forget to bring it. Paul writes, be at peace among yourselves. And I urge you, brothers, sisters, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So thank you for your patience with me. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And then he makes these three positive statements. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you or concerning you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself, I love that, he is peace, sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the pretexts. Be at peace. Urge, admonish, encourage, help one another. Be patient with all. Don't pay evil for evil. Seek to do good. This is the challenge. You see, faith pleases God. The scripture says, without faith, you cannot please God. Without faith, if you have no faith, no matter what you do, you can't please God. Faith pleases God. But joy pleases you and me. Joy. 
joy in the Holy Spirit. Deep down resident joy that perks up and bubbles up as we face circumstances beyond our control. Paul was a follower who believed that living meant Christ. He was the centerpiece. He was the preeminence. Everything is folding into him, and what is not of him will disappear and melt with fervent heat. He's the center. The circumference of his life. In his book to the Philippians, known as the book of joy, Paul ends with, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord or find your chief joy in the Lord. Pastor Ben, a couple of Sundays ago, preached that David strengthened himself in the Lord. This is the same thing. This is the same idea. This is the same posture that we take in circumstances that are devastating and beyond our control. We rejoice in the Lord. We find our chief joy in him. Earlier in the book of Philippians, he told them, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is what's called an inverted parallel. The first statement is in the negative, and the second one is in the positive, but it's saying the same thing. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, take opportunity to pray. Every difficulty, every challenge is an opportunity to be anxious or to turn it into prayer. Do you know you can turn your anxiety into prayer? Do you know that everything has breath can praise the Lord? We sang this morning. It's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. I pour out my praise. It's your breath. The Ruach of God, the joy of the Holy Spirit in us. I remember days when my arthritis was very active. And at the end of the day, I would have so much pain in my feet from being active. And I would lie down on my bed, on my back, and I would lift my legs as far up as I could get them straight up into the ceiling. And I would say, God, let my pain be like incense in your nostrils. Let it have the breath that is in it. Let it praise you. Honestly. And I, I, would, I, would, I took my medication, by the way. But then I lifted my legs and I praised the Lord with my pain. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Give it to him. Yes. And you will find his strength. You will find his strength. It's strengthening yourself in the Lord. Don't be anxious. In other words, whatever situation moves you to anxiety, turn it into everything to pray about or see it as a praying opportunity. Psalm 511 says, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. You know, it's okay to shout. It's okay to shout. Shout it out. Your lungs love it when you shout. Because you need more breath to do that. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. 
Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. God is defending you. Rejoice. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, it means if you lose the joy, you lack the strength. You want strength? Rejoice. 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 The joy is the Holy Spirit who is in you and you are in him. You know, this is such a mystery, but it's probably the most powerful thing that God has accomplished in planet Earth. In fact, he said, it's to your advantage that I go so that the Holy Spirit will come and he who is now with you will be in you and you will be in him. This is incredible. It's not joy that you're manufacturing. It's not false joy. It's not, you know, be happy. I know you're going through hell, but be happy. No, it's drawing on joy that's in God. Do you know that God has seen this planet for thousands of years and he's never lost his joy once? Think about that. He's never lost his joy once. He's never gotten off the throne and put his head in his hands and said, oh, Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, what are we going to do? The joy is in the Holy Spirit. You see, all circumstances are temporary and rejoicing helps us to know this. Rejoice, Jesus said. Your names are registered as citizens of heaven. Wow. So rejoicing is always appropriate. Always. Always appropriate. And for us who are believers, we can rejoice. Even in sadness, we can be joyful. We can hold those two in tandem. We can be in pain. We can be in sorrow and yet be joyful. I love funerals where there's tears of sorrow and there's tears of laughter all together in one. Matter of fact, sometimes the only way to express joy is with your tears. He receives them as an offering of praise. Joy is not necessarily an outgoing personality. Joy can be a quiet resolve, a sustained optimistic outlook. And when you operate in it, it's contagious. Joy enables us to live above our circumstances and its root is our solid foundation of faith in Jesus. A Jesuit priest said, joy is the surest sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Joy. Flatten the curve. Rejoice. When? Always. Always. In every circumstance, in every situation. Rejoice. Because we've got a story going on, a narrative going on inside of us. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. We tie into that story.
Number two, pray without ceasing. Now, praying takes many forms, petition, supplication, pleading, request, just listening, meditation, mediation, fervent, passionate praying, all kinds of forms. All these forms of prayer are very intertwined with rejoicing. If not, they become complaining. Do you know that it's so easy for our prayers to be complaintive? Sometimes when we get prayer requests, come in and thank you for sending in your prayer requests. If you're watching online, we're a praying church. You can send your requests. But sometimes we edit them. So we don't take out the truth of them. But we make sure it doesn't sound like complaining. We don't want to be complaining. Now sometimes you can whine a little bit. God understands your heart. But you got to move to a place of hope. You got to move to a place of comfort. When you pray, believe that your Father in heaven hears you. Believe. Believing is so important. Trust is so important. Faith is so important. When you pray, believe that your father hears you. My grandson sometimes says, Grandpa, 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 really fast. I said, I, I heard you the first Grandpa. He said, but you didn't pay attention. Your father always pays attention. Prayer gives your rejoicing substance. It drowns it. It takes it out of the, the, the superficial into the reality of what God is doing in our world and in our lives. It says without ceasing, which means constantly recurring. As recurring as the circumstances are, so should our praying be. How many got a few circumstances going on? Recurring circumstances. Keep praying. Prayer is therapeutic, and it is the pipeline to the wisdom of God. Prayer postures our hearts and our minds in a place of trust with God, a place of communion and community with the Holy Spirit. It is the air we breathe. Prayer is the breath of God in us. Eugene Peterson said, praying is learning to say back to God what he has already said to us. It's like the child who learns the language of the family as the parents continue to speak. I'm still trying to get my grandson Bowden to say grandpa. And one day he's going to say it. And what he will say is what I've been saying to him. And that's what prayer is. It's reading, getting into God's word, paying attention to the Holy Spirit, and then praying back and saying back to him what he's taught us about how his kingdom is, how it works, how his Holy Spirit is in us. Let's flatten the curve and pray without stopping. Number three, in everything give thanks. How am I doing for time? In everything, give thanks. The first two should naturally lead to a grateful spirit. 
Thankfulness is a byproduct of our humility in prayer. Paul, our instructor, was a very thankful follower of Jesus. He was a man of many trials. But in his books, in his letters, he was constantly giving thanks. Giving thanks for the people of God. Giving thanks for their endurance. Giving thanks for their faith. Giving thanks for their faith. And encouraging them. May your love grow. May it abound, he said to the Philippian church. You are a very loving people, but may it continue to increase. Because of his kingdom, there is a constant increase. Thankfulness is the hallmark of trust. Living a Christian life is both complicated and simple. And the more we complicate the complicated parts, the less simple it is. The more we live by the simple parts, the less complicated it is. You see, the gospel in us is very simple. Faith, hope, love. Rejoice, pray, be thankful. These triplets that are in the scriptures, very simple. I didn't say they're necessarily easy always to do, but they're simple. Trust and thankfulness are the gateways to a relationship with Jesus. They are the partners that make the life of the believer easy and light and simple. Simplify your life. Take the stress and the anxiety out. Tie into the joy that is in you through the Holy Spirit and rejoice. Pray. Be thankful. Psalm 511 says, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Do you know that God is defending you this morning? David said, if God is not my defense, I have none. He's your defense this morning. He's your strength. Let's flatten the curve in all its attendance by this positive trinity of choice. Rejoice. When? Always. Pray. When? On every occasion. Do you know that Sodom and Gomorrah, you know the story, they were indicted for not being thankful. I find that so interesting in Romans 1. And they were not thankful. They didn't trust. You see, where there's no trust, fear takes over. And where fear has its way, it leads to manipulation and control. Everything feels like it's your responsibility. But gratitude, thankfulness, releases the culture and the power of the kingdom of God into circumstances beyond our control. Every time you rejoice and pray, you're literally bringing the culture and the power of the kingdom into the circumstance. Irregardless if the circumstance changes or not, it repostures you, it repositions you in the kingdom. It flattens the curve of fear and distrust. If we choose to rejoice, we will be praying. 
If we are rejoicing and praying, we will be thankful. And if we are rejoicing and praying in thankfulness, we will be doing the will of God. <laughs> See, it's simple. If we are doing the will of God, we will cover all that concerns us and flatten the curve of fear and anxiety. Let's flatten the curve and all of its intendants. Rejoice. When? Pray. When? Give thanks. When? Listen, wear the mask for COVID. Make sure you put it on right. I put mine on inside out this morning. See, I did it again. For COVID, wear the mask. But for fear, take it off. Take off the mask of fear and let the glory of God be seen through your life. Even if you're going through tough times, you can reflect the glory of God. Let me just recap it. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be at peace. Urge, admonish, encourage, help each other. Be patient with all. Don't repay evil for evil. Seek to do good. The biggest response and the best response to evil is to just do good. Overcome evil with good. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're stressed out. Jesus knows you, but you don't know him. He wants you to know him. He has carved a pathway. He has made it straight to you. And all you have to do is get up and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm so fearful. I'm so anxious about my future. I don't know what's going to happen. I've lost my job. I've lost some people in my family through COVID. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what to do. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender to him. You know what his word is? My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. But the peace that I give to you will keep you in a place that will be safe and secure. It's the most secure place in the world in this day is to give your life to Jesus. You will be safe. Will you go through troubles? Yes. Will you have to tunnel through mountains? Yes. But Jesus will be with you. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. But take courage, I have overcome the world. I am with you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. What a great place that is where there's endless rejoicing and there's constant bowing and humility and wholeness and health before a throne that's established forever. And it's a place where we just can't stop saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And every time we say it, it's like the first time we ever said it. 
I'm convinced that those who sit around the throne, when they cry, holy, 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 and as they do, it says they fall off of their chairs and they get back up and they say the same words, holy, holy, holy. They're saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I rejoice in you. Thank you, God, that my life is in you. And the scriptures tell us that not even death can separate us from his love. I want you to notice, Marine, there's a place for you. It's designed just for you. And yours for the taking, all by saying, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I surrender my life to you. I'm fighting to keep it, but I'm losing it. And I'm losing the fight. So I'm going to give it to you. And he says, thank you very much. I receive it, and I give you my life. And my life is eternal. He said to a close friend, when she was so stressed at the death of her brother. And he said, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Even if you die, yet shall you live. And he who believes in me shall never die. Well, just transition. So I want you this morning to know Jesus loves you. He knows you. And he wants you to know him. God bless you as you surrender your life to him. And blessed Thanksgiving, my family. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.